Radio. One day, a drunken beggar went to the house of the missionaries of charity in Rome and leant on the doorbell for a very long time. And soon, a sister came to the door. This is Mother Teresa's order. And the beggar complained to this sister that he was hungry and he demanded that the sister prepare him some food, even though it was actually a long time past um, the time when they gave out food. But the sister, dutifully enough, went back to the kitchen and prepared this rather rude beggar a lunch bag. And as she was preparing him this lunch bag, an idea popped into her head and she took a bar of chocolate and she placed it on top of the lunch and then wrapped it up. And when she returned to the door and gave it to the beggar, he snatched the bag off her and muttered something about her taking a long time. And he went off um, to a nearby tree and under that tree he opened up his lunch. And when he opened up that bag, he stared at the contents for a very long time. And a few minutes later, he called again at the house and asked to see the sister who had prepared the lunch bag for him. And when that sister came to the door, he said, Now, sister, tell me about this Jesus. What power there can be in little acts of love like that sister showed. What power was there placed in that one bar of chocolate placed on someone's lunch, someone who didn't deserve it, who wasn't kind, who wasn't pleasant, and yet this sister responded to him in love. Love has a power to break down people's defences. Love has a power to open our hearts to the gospel. And our readings this weekend, in many ways, are a reflection on love, on God's love for us and the relationship he wants for us and our love that we are meant to have for each other. And those two things are, of course, very much related. But let's put our attention first on God's relationship with us, God's love for us. St. John says in that second reading that the love he wants to focus on is not our love for God, but God's love for us when he sent his son to be the sacrifice that takes our sins away. Now, there are a lot of people in the Catholic world who've written some wonderful books, but challenging books, which basically say this. They say, out of everyone who comes regularly to Mass, everyone who's there each weekend and who ostensibly practices their faith, very few of us actually have an awareness of God's love, or very few of us have, if you like, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's another way of saying the same thing. We know about God's love and we know about Jesus Christ intellectually, but a bit like we know two plus two equals four. It doesn't really excite us. It doesn't really move us. But a lot of us don't have this sense of Jesus Christ's love, a relationship with God, which is experiential which is part of our day-to-day life. But what is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? What does it look like? 
because it's clearly not just about meeting the outside external expectations. It's not merely about coming to Mass, even going to confession, even about saying our prayers, although these things are all included in a healthy personal relationship. What is a good personal relationship? Well, just think about a good relationship you have with a friend. You share things, you share your joys, you share your sorrows, you share your fears. You talk about the things which really matter to you and you talk about them frequently. You spend time frequently with that person. They're not someone you just kind of phone every once in a while. And of course, that's what is meant to be the case with Jesus. He is meant to be our closest confidant, our friend, the one whom we share everything with, the one who we can call our intimate friend and brother. And if, of course, we have that relationship with Jesus Christ, then we should be able to describe it in some way. We should be able to describe what my personal relationship with Jesus is like. I remember a wonderful old priest on a retreat talking all about this friendship that he had with Jesus Christ. And he told us this strange story about a Christmas in his parish where it was Christmas Eve and they had a crib, as we did, and there was no hay. They'd run out of hay. And the sacristan was saying, I don't know where we're going to get any hay from. And the priest said, why don't we pray? We'll pray to Jesus for him to send us some hay. So the sacristan looked a little bit sceptical, but he knelt down with the priest and the priest said, Jesus, please send us some hay. Please send us some hay for the crib for tomorrow. And then the priest left. And he came back on Christmas morning and saw that the crib was full of this wonderful hay. And he said to the sacristan, what happened? And the sacristan said, you wouldn't believe it, but just after you left, about 10 minutes, I was locking up the church. As I turned away from the church to go to my car, there was this lorry passing along the road full of bales of hay. And just as it passed the church, one of the bales of hay dropped off the back of the lorry. And the priest said at first, well, do you think we really should have taken that? Is it our bale of hay? And the sacristan went, yes, it's our bale of hay. Jesus answered our prayer. And what a wonderful friendship to have with Jesus, not only to ask him for that little thing, but to put across this idea of Jesus having a sense of humour as well. You know, when we know someone really well, we know their sense of humour. We know what makes them laugh. And I think when we know Jesus Christ really well, we discover his sense of humour too. So a relationship with him is not just about inviting him into things that we think are worthy of his attention, as if he were uh, a removed far-off king whom we had to kind of make an appointment with. If he's our friend, if he's our closest companion, then we have to be able to share all the details with him. And when we have a relationship with Jesus, it propels us into loving others. We follow Christ's commandment to love one another as he has loved us. Because we experience that unconditional love and it's almost like it overflows. We can't wait 
to tell people about Jesus' love for them, but also to show that love, to embody that love in our life. But it also works the other way around, because just as that love of God leads us to love of neighbour, in fact, our love of neighbour can lead us to a greater sense of God's love. And the love that we receive from our neighbours can lead us into a sense of God's love. So if we are having problems connecting with God, we feel like that personal relationship is somehow lacking, then start to love somebody. Start to do something for somebody else. Start to make sacrifices for another person. We don't have to wait for our relationship with God to be as we would want it to love others. And loving others, of course, doesn't mean liking them. You know, Jesus did not say, like one another as I have liked you. He said, love one another. And loving is an act of the will. St. Thomas Aquinas said that to love is to will the good of the other as other. To will the good of the other. So it's not just to feel like doing something good for somebody else. It's to decide to do it. To decide to act for their good. It's a decision. And as we heard with that story about the sister, the beggar and that chocolate bar in his lunch bag. Love is the rocket fuel for evangelization. Love more than anything else makes an impression on people. Love more than anything else opens up our heart to the gospel. Usually people don't come to faith merely through arguments and good books, even though those things are very good and important and worth spending our time in in learning. The best convert makers, if you like, are the saints. And that's because they didn't look at people as potential converts. They looked at people as God looks at them, with great love, as his children, as people who he wants to invite into that closest of relationships. And this idea of loving those who we want to bring to Christ is particularly important for our families and those whom we have perhaps difficult relationships with, those people who don't share our beliefs. Too often in trying to convince someone of the truth, we can push them away. We can push them further away than they were before. So sometimes we just need to focus on loving them and showing them that we love them. Showing them that we want their good. And then their hearts might just be open to hearing what God wants to say to them. Of course the best advice is to follow the words of St. John himself at the beginning of that second reading. My dear people, let us love one another since love comes from God and everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.